0: Come on, man! What are we talking about? Right, 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 and wrong. Come on, man! What are we talking about?
1: Right, right, right and wrong.
0: Corn pop was a bad dude. Whoa! Corn pop was a bad dude.
1: Whoa! Come on, man! What are we talking about?
0: Right, right, right and wrong.
1: Come on, man. Welcome to Right and Wrong, the show where we try to wake up the woke by talking common sense about the issues of the day. I'm your host, Brian Ruka, and with me as always over there is producer Juice, the Juice Box, ladies and gentlemen, or the Truth Box, as he likes to remind me often. I can't argue with that, though. The kid lives and breathes truth all day, every day. This
0: guy's the truth because what he's doing is not a lie. That's what you should call him from now on.
1: (laughs) Before we set up the show for you today, I'd like to remind you to please subscribe to our show across the various platforms where we are available. That would be Apple Podcast, where we haven't gotten a fresh comment since Verno gave us a glowing review way back on April 23rd. That would also be Spotify, YouTube, Rumble, Locals. The more subscribers we get, the better the algorithms treat us. And we need those algorithms working to draw more eyeballs and earbuds into this program. When you do subscribe to those shows, please click the little notification symbol so that you get a reminder whenever we post new content. Don't forget about following us on Twitter either. I'm at ddruca617. And uh, the truth over there is at Juicebox1423. My uh, followers have stalled out at a record high of 65 currently. I used to gain a couple more of these every week, but now that the bots have been stopped, I'm, uh, I'm kind of stuck on that 65. So please tell a friend, give me a, uh, a follow, follow my buddy over there who's crushing me in the, num- in the number of followers, and uh, share some of the stuff that we, we throw out there. Throw us a retweet, uh, interact with us a little bit. We'd love to spark some conversation over there uh, on the on the old Twitter machine. <laughs> We're both up and active on uh, Truth Social as well, right? Right, Truth? Yeah! No, I know, it's Trump's social, not your social. You, you and him both have a, uh, a love for the truth, if you will, I guess. But yes, that's President Trump's platform, Truth Social. We both have accounts on there. Uh, I'm hoping to get a re-truth from the president himself one of these days. We're keeping our fingers crossed for that endorsement. You know, crazier things have happened before. So if you are looking for us on there, though, I am at Right and Wrong 617 And uh, truth over there is at juicebox1423. Juice is trying to work his magic behind the scenes, too. He's trying to get himself worked in on a round of eighteen with the big guy at Malago, so maybe maybe that will will be our big break. <sighs> all right. <laughs> Having said all that, we would like to give a big uh, special shout out to Pa B this week for properly following the instructions and giving us a comment over on the YouTube page. My question though, has anybody ever seen Pa B and? Mr. X X X X X X L in the same room at the same time before? The world may never know. But either way, thank you, Poppy, for the kind words and the continued support. Who out there is going to step up to earn themselves next week's shout-out? All right, on today's show, it's going to be all about Uvalde, Texas. You know, our hearts are heavy, just like yours, and this tragedy deserves to have our full attention this week. We're going to focus on specific aspects of this horrific attack in each segment, and we're going to try to do our best to examine everything from our typical common sense point of view. We're going to start by focusing on gun laws, and we'll see what would and would not work to prevent a deranged individual from committing such a heinous act like this. Then we'll shift over to the reaction and take a look at some of the lowest of the low from the political opportunistics and the media alike And in our last segment, we'll go over the failure to act by the police on scene. In our Come On Man segment, we'll pay a special little visit to Whoopi Goldberg and her fellow clucking hens from The View. It should be no surprise, but the take is so pathetic and ridiculous that we must share it with you guys and absolutely roast her for it. Pathetic. So now that we got that stuff out of the way, I think there's only one thing left to do we just need to hear from our buddy Rick Flair because it is showtime baby woo
0: showtime woo! 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 Woo!
1: Woo! all right like i said we are producing this show today with heavy hearts me and juice just like most of you in the audience we have kids of our own and although We're fortunate enough to have no idea what the families in Uvalde are going through. We can certainly empathize. I have two kids that are currently in public schools in Juices too. they're not too far away from being there either. I can't even imagine the pain and heartache that I would feel if this were to happen here. On last week's show, I reluctantly spoke about the shooting that took place in Buffalo, New York. And if you remember, I said that I don't want to talk about a topic like this because, to me, the analysis after the fact is irrelevant. When I say that, I mean that it's irrelevant for a talk show like this. It's irrelevant for talk shows all across the country to pile on and cover it while putting a political spin on it, all to advance their particular agenda. The shooters in these stories are psychopaths who don't deserve to be analyzed, period. They're simply pure evil, and their motivation is meaningless to me. Now, the reason we've decided to devote an entire episode to a disgusting tragedy like this is because simply, it's the right thing to do. And far too often these days, our world and our society, we avoid doing the right thing because it's typically not very fun or very popular. A minute ago, I referred to the shooter as pure evil, and that's the truth. But I find myself wondering how an evil like that develops and grows. I use those two words intentionally develop, and grow. People that commit these unthinkable acts of violence, they don't decide to just go do this out of the blue. The anger and rage are allowed to grow inside the minds of these people. The culture we've created blows air on the simmering fire of despair rather than smothering it before it grows larger. We've created a society in which our lust for material happiness has shattered our commitment for the happiness of the traditional family lifestyle. The left will have you believe that shootings and acts of violence like this are the result of guns and access to guns. I'm telling you, acts of violence like this, they stem from the same place 95% of the issues in today's world stem from. The home. The family. How many more things do we need to see before we start looking in the mirror here, people? the feminist movement in this country convinced women that their true value was out there in the workplace. It's not. Women are naturally more nurturing than men. Women have a natural motherly instinct. To be successful in the workplace, you're forced to give away parts of your motherly role. And whoever you're delegating those responsibilities to, they're not going to be as good at raising your children as you are The feminist equality movement has pitted these two skill sets directly against each other. To succeed as a mother is to sacrifice your success in the workplace. And to succeed in the workplace is to sacrifice your ability as a mother. To the men in society, today we've become minos, men in name only. And believe me, I am not off the hook in this one. I absolutely fall into this category. Masculinity is in a rapid state of decline. There's generations of men that play video games while we outsource our traditional responsibilities around the house to anybody other than ourselves. We're a generation of men that is obsessed with gadgets. We're okay with having dual incomes because it allows for the ability to have more stuff. Maybe if the generations of men that came before us could have appreciated and understood the value of a strong loving household, then maybe the feminist movement wouldn't have gone the way that it's gone. We've become a society of men and women that are happy to live a work-filled, consumer-filled lifestyle, while at the same time ignoring the impact that it's having on the generations that we are developing and growing. Technology continues to develop, and it usually starts with the idea of making our lives easier. Well, there's no such technology that's going to be created that will ever make raising a family easier. It's hard work. It's not easy. And we continue to make it harder on ourselves by getting sucked into the distractions of our time. Is anyone surprised to find out that this shooter's father was nowhere to be seen in the kid's life? Are we surprised to find out that his mother was hooked on drugs and in and out of jail? Our society just accepted the breakdown of the traditional family. We need our society to start focusing on lowering the divorce rates in this country. We need to focus on lowering the rate of single-parent households. We need to encourage families to return to practicing religion as a family unit. We need families to want to sit together every night and enjoy dinner with each other as a family We need to slow down. We need to get back to the basics. The kid who did this shooting grew up in a world that was so busy and so distracted that we ignored the warning signs that were right there in front of our eyes. This kid grew up in a world where the Tony Sopranos and the Walter Whites and the kids from South Park and Bart Simpson are idolized and role models. We need to get back to happy days and leave it to beaver and the wonder years, seventh heaven and the Camdens. Why don't we go back to something like that? Maybe it's time that we stop burying our heads in the sand. Maybe it's time we accept responsibility. And maybe it's time we do something about this world, this culture, in the society that we live in today. And it starts at home with each one of us. But we need to want to do it. And if this isn't a wake-up call, I don't know what else is. Before we jump into this segment, Juice, I do need to remind everybody out there to go to WeThePatriotsUSA.org to find out about all the work those people are doing across this country to help regular, everyday Americans just like me stand up and fight back against the tyrannical takeover of this country by the extreme left. The people at We the Patriot USA are currently raising money to help a 17-year-old girl who's being refused a kidney transplant because she's ha- cause she hasn't taken the fauci They're also helping a 21 year army veteran who's facing a dishonorable discharge over his refusal to take this experimental vaccine. And you obviously know that they're handling my case where we are pushing back against the transing of our children in the public school systems. They can't do this without your help. Please, please, please consider donating to these important, important cases. Check out the website at wethepatriotsusa.org. All right, let's get back into the events of the heartbreaking shooting in Uvalde, Texas. When we spoke about the shooting in Buffalo, we couldn't help but notice how often the media reported it from the angle of it being a racially motivated white supremacist attack, right, Juice? And, of course, when other similar recent attacks have occurred without the same racial component, then it's in and out of the news cycle, much much quicker. Well, anytime there's a school shooting like this one, the media and the left immediately use it as a way to stand on their imaginary soapboxes and rant about gun control. Speaking of a man who loves standing up on one of those soapboxes, when are we going to do something?
0: I'm tired. I'm I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to to the Devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. There's 50 senators right
1: now who refuse to vote on H.R. 8. That was the no-talent ass-clown basketball coach of the Golden State Warriors, Mr. Steve Kerr. He goes on to blame the Senate Republicans for not voting on a background check bill that was previously passed in the house. That's the bill he's talking about in that clip. He conveniently leaves out how the passing of that bill would have done absolutely nothing to prevent this attack from happening. The bill that Kerr talks about is one that would create background check system for tracking situations. Like when a father passes down a gun to his child That's the type of background checks that would get put into place under the bill that Kerr is citing. Those gun control heroes out there on the left failed to mention that this kid passed a background check when he purchased the weapon that he used in this. If you're actually being honest about what happened and what could have prevented something like this from happening, do you really think more laws would have scared this guy off? He broke a number of gun laws, and it didn't phase him one bit. Not to mention, he set out to commit murder, which is against the law. <sighs> Before I continue, actually, thanks to the uh, truth box over there for doing a little bit of the research on this one. As you guys know from that Microsoft description that we gave him a few weeks ago, he is a big Second Amendment advocate. So he was all over this angle. But I think Governor Abbott made a great point when he touched on the effectiveness of uh, stricter gun laws when he when he said this in uh, his press conferences.
0: Let's talk about some real facts. And, and that is, there are, quote, real gun laws in Chicago. There are, quote, real gun laws in New York. There are real gun laws in California. I hate to say this, but there are more people who were shot every weekend in Chicago than there are in schools in Texas. And we need to realize that, that people who think that, well, maybe if we just implement tougher gun laws, it's gonna solve it. Chicago and LA and New York disprove that thesis. And so if you're looking for a real solution, Chicago teaches that what you're talking about is not a real solution. Our job is to come up with real solutions that we can implement.
1: You see, like Abbott says, we can have as many gun laws on the books as we'd like, but it won't mean anything unless we get down to the root of what's really going on here. Get down to the root of the problem. It's not the gun that kills people. It's the wacko pulling the trigger that chooses to use the gun as a tool to kill. An FBI study that was released last September showed that we had two and a half times more deaths caused by knives than by guns in this country. (laughs) When was the last time a politician preached about the knife laws in America? At the end of the day, it's no surprise to hear the rhetoric that comes from the left. They mock the idea of praying for the victims of this tragedy. when. A stronger commitment to prayer is so desperately needed right now. When will the left figure out that they can't be a replacement for the traditional family? Strengthen our families, strengthen our commitment to spirituality, and we'll produce more members of society that respect and follow the gun laws that already exist. Okay, in this segment, we're going to focus on the reaction, and more specifically, the disgusting way the left is using this horrific act of violence to their advantage. The reaction from the left is an absolute joke. It's embarrassing and utterly predictable. We knew this was coming, and yet I can't help but let it get to me. The way the left is exploiting the deaths of innocent children makes my blood boil, I'm sure you've seen the publicity stunt by the serial election loser by the name of Beto O'Rourke. This classless, wannabe important person decided to use a solemn press conference to attack his political opponent. You know, after having tried and failed to run for a Senate seat in Texas, Beto threw his hat in the ring for the presidential election. He was such a bad candidate that Cacklin Carmella... And Chief Warren lasted longer than he did. Well, he's at it again, ladies and gentlemen. This time, he's challenging Governor Greg Abbott in Texas. And based on this garbage stunt that he pulled, he must not be feeling too confident in winning this one either. This clip is from the press conference that was held last Wednesday by state officials in Texas. As the governor's trying to speak and address the live crowd as well as the people across the entire nation, this donkey, Beto O'Rourke, decided to turn it into a campaign stunt for himself. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse
0: me. <laughs> sit down. You're out of you're go out, go out of line out. and an embarrassment. Hey, sit sit no, down, down. don't play this no, stuff. The next
1: Shooting is right now, and you are doing
0: nothing. No, please get his now. ass out of here. This isn't the place to talk to. So this, this is totally predictable when you. Sir, you're uh, out of line. Sir, you're out of line. I'm sir, out of line. I'm sir you're out of line. Please to leave to this auditorium. I can't believe you're a sick son of a would come to a deal like this to make a political issue.
1: That right there, ladies and gentlemen, that's one of the most shameful things I've ever seen in my life. What a disgrace this guy is. You can tell that it is absolutely hitting home for that guy that's yelling back at him. That was Don McLaughlin, the mayor of Uvalde. And I love that he called him an SOB. These people are clearly hurting and this jackass decides to pull a stunt like that. I would have loved it if one of those cops tackled him and slapped the cuffs on his ass right then and there, drag him right out of there. This guy should not be elected to office ever again. Not even a neighborhood association after that nonsense. I'll also say that Nick... Rather, who's listed as Beto's campaign manager, should never work on another campaign ever again. The Beto for governor team planned this stunt. They should all have to deal with the consequences of their pathetic actions. They're all scumbags. Well, not to be outdone, though. Not to be outdone by shameful acts of self-promotion. We need to shift our attention here to the former president of the United States. Nope, not the one who typically enjoys self-promotion. We're going to turn to the very polished, very presidential Barack Hussein Obama. The day after the murder of 21 innocent people in an elementary school, this man thinks it's a good idea to send out this tweet. Quote, as we grieve the children of Uvalde today, we should take time to recognize that two years have passed since the murder of George Floyd under the knee of a police officer. His killing stays with us all to this day, especially those who loved him. Quote. Wow. Let that one sink in for a moment. A school full of children was just senselessly shot up by a psychopath. And this man wants to make sure we don't forget about the patron saint of the left, George F. Floyd? Are you kidding me? The same George Floyd that the left hasn't stopped talking about for the past two years? The man whose face has been turned into murals in all of our major cities. The man that died while resisting arrest while he was high on fentanyl? That guy deserves to be mentioned in the same breath as these kids? Barack Obama wants us to remember and acknowledge the life of a career criminal. And it's because he wants to make sure that this country remains radically racially divided. An unspeakable act of violence, like the one in Uvalde, has the ability to unite and to bridge gaps. But that's bad business for Barack and Michael, um, I mean, Michelle. Instead, the former president used this tragedy to remind the American people that cops are racist and that they should donate to a police reform group of activists that he's out there stumping for. Shameful, shameful stuff. I find it funny that the people running around and exploiting a tragedy are also the same people that like to mock their political opponents for offering their prayers at a time like this. If the left could get over themselves for even a few minutes, then maybe, just maybe, they'd realize there is, in fact, a higher power than themselves. And if they stopped, took a breath and dedicated a little bit of time and energy towards prayer then maybe they'd see things a little bit more clearly until that day comes i'm happy that i'm aligned with the side that offers thoughts and prayers rather than the side that just screams do something oh. All right, guys. So, before we jump into the third segment of the day, please do not forget to go over and check out WeThePatriotsUSA.org. Take a look at that case that we're trying to raise money for for myself, as well as those uh, as well as those other two cases that I mentioned earlier in the show. Uh don't forget WeThePatriotsUSA.org. Please take a look. Would you look at it? <laughs> All right, juice. Yeah. In this third segment, we um We want to take a look at the response by the police that were on scene there in Uvalde. Not good. Definitely not what we would have liked to see from our boys in blue. Now, you know, me and Juice here, we're both pro-police, big time, big police guys. But we also like to call a spade a spade. We got to be fair. And even the police on scene are admitting that they uh, they effed this one up. So as more and more keeps coming out, it's pretty clear that the protocol was not properly followed, that they waited for almost an hour while that maniac was inside the school murdering, shooting, and destroying. (sighs) I can't imagine what it was like being those parents that were on the scene. That one mother that they talked about that, um, she said she was handcuffed because she was trying to run past them to go in there and then apparently uh, was able to convince one of the locals to release her, to to take the cuffs off of her. And once that happened, she dipped past them and ran in and got her own kids and came back out. You know, you've seen footage, I'm sure, of people yelling at the cops, get in there, come on, get in there. It's it's troubling. I, I just, I can't believe that they waited. When I first heard about this I, I I was hoping it wasn't true i didn't uh I didn't think it was accurate I wasn't sure what was gonna what was gonna happen from it but you know as I mentioned, the more we're hearing it uh is definitely pretty clear that this was a major major failure by the law enforcement officials that arrived on scene. It seems like they set things up like it was an active like um hostage hostage situation, not an active shooter. So as far as I understand, if there's hostages and we're not sure what the motives are, what the person's doing, then the directive is to set up shop outside. Don't do anything too aggressive that's going to make them start shooting. But you throw that completely in the waste basket when you show up and you know that this is already an active shooter. Um, this person had no interest in. None whatsoever in negotiating and talking to anybody about what was going on. He was just there to try and kill as many people as possible. So as nerve wracking as that is, and believe me, I'm I'm sitting here talking about it after the fact, miles and miles away. But if you have that uniform on, you have the training, you have your firearm on you, you put your life in, 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 in front of those children. You put your life on the line even if it saves just one of those kids that's that's what you got to do and it was a great point i heard somebody else say um uh, on a different program but in texas of all places too and you know that's just an optics kind of a thing because they're men just like the rest of us but texas is the place of the those texas ranges and they look like badasses and and they walk around with everybody's got a gun on their hip figure that that these guys would have no hesitation, no fear whatsoever. But I don't even want to miscategorize it and say fear, because maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But the guy in charge definitely was not making the correct decisions. And I guess the people, the other officers there, were respecting the chain of command and following orders. Uh, But at some point, somebody's got to step up and just take matters into their own hands. And luckily, one of those Border Patrol agents finally did that i want to play a clip for you guys here from um the texas department of public safety director stephen mccraw and he was explaining in a press conference what should have happened so we got that clip there juice
0: hey when there's an active shooter the, the rules change it's no longer okay it's no longer barricaded if We don't have time you don't worry about outer perimeters. and by the way texas embraces active shooter training, active shooter certification, and that that, doc, that doctrine requires officers. We don't care what agency you're from. You don't have to have a leader on the scene. Every officer lines up, stacks up, goes and finds where those rounds are being fired at, and keeps shooting until the subject is dead. Period.
1: Now I can't imagine the range, the range of emotions that must have been taking place on scene there and, and the chaos that was going on. I mean, all the training in the world doesn't can't prepare you for the real thing like that, and that's a once in a lifetime kind of a thing for for uh, local police like that. So you know, I do give a little bit of leeway, but I have no leeway for that commanding officer. He needs to be held accountable. The man who held them outside, he is just ill prepared, and he should not be in a leadership position. And I'm sure you know if he's a if he's a well meaning police officer who's done good his whole career i'm sure he's beating himself up about this too and he should be but he failed he failed big time and lives were lost because of it he followed the wrong procedure and it was devastating so there's no coming back from that if i'm a guy like that in a position like that i i probably step down resign but at the very least he should be stripped of leadership demoted i'm not sure if if just Poor decision making is something that could be, you know, prosecuted for. And, and I don't, it's easy to say without it being my own kids, but I don't think that um, it doesn't sound like it's a mistake that's worthy of being prosecuted over, but it, it's still a mistake he needs to pay for. This just reinforces the need for well-trained officers in the school buildings to begin with this goes to show the importance of a one one way entrance into the school you gotta funnel it we gotta make sure those doors stay locked I'm sure the officers on, on scene that day that, that's the type of stuff they're never gonna forget I feel bad for them for that I'm truly sorry, it's a terrible situation but I hope I hope we learn from it too and we make sure that, that a response like that never happens again All right, ladies and gentlemen. So we've gotten to that point in the show that everybody loves to tune into and just can't wait for us to get get to it. It is our, come on, man, segment of the day, and we will be going to none other than Miss Whoopi Goldberg and her little clucking hens over there on the View. Let's uh, let's get right to it today, Juice. What do you think? Let's have a, have a listen to what uh, the geniuses over there on, I think, ABC had to say when, when discussing the aftermath of the horrible, horrible shooting in Evaldi. Go ahead, Juice. So that's the question. What are we doing because we're we're why are we always at square one with this? And I swear to God, if I see another Republican senator talk about their heart being broken, I'm gonna go punch somebody and and thoughts. I I can't take it in their thoughts and prayers. If your thoughts and prayers were really with everybody, you'd have done something by now. It's not like anybody's not trying to make this happen. What the
0: hell is going on? I want them to stop gaslighting me also. Stop saying it's not, it's not guns that kill people, it's people that kill people. It's guns that kill people, okay? Mm-hmm. Stop saying the opposite. Stop saying that mental illness is behind this. There's mental illness in every country in the world and they don't have this problem. Mm-hmm. So stop gaslighting me on that one. And stop saying that you can have a good guy stop a bad guy with a gun. We have seen in both of these shootings in the past three weeks yeah. that a good guy tried and could not do and it. Was so for stop it. gaslighting us.
1: Oh, brilliant! Brilliant minds at it again, as always. Um, was she trying to say gaslight us there? Because I- I'm not really sure what gaslighting means. Like trying to guess if she knows what she's saying. Are we guessing if she knows that she's making a valid point or not. Because I'm definitely still guessing over here, wondering what the hell she was trying to talk about. As for Whoopi, the tough guy over there wants to punch somebody up in the face oh, I'll slap them up in the face do something about it the the classic line from the left right the old do something crew cuz they're going they're going to use their mad voice now and and talk about punching republicans up in the face all right i mean do they forget the fact that they control the house the senate and the and the white house and it's republicans faults that we don't have these sweeping gun reforms that they won't tell you what it actually would do you think those ladies on the on the view know anything about these gun reforms that they're uh, laws that they're calling for they don't know anything they don't know jack about it they just know what the talking point's supposed to be and they're gonna go, gonna go out and say it they're gonna go out and guess you about it because that's what they do they sit there and they got the the applause sign flashing for their whole crew, and they had to start clapping for them like they made a good point. They have no clue what they're talking about. They're just saying words. Oh, I got words. I got angry emotion to use, but they got nothing. They're bringing nothing to the table, and they're only dividing more. They're gonna try to divide more because you hear that. Like they, they try to take they take Romney and uh, Liz Cheney. Those are people that are that are rhinos to us. They're Republicans in name only, just like Charlie Parker here in Massachusetts. They're not Republicans. They're people that are that are your little Democratic lapdogs that will play nice and pretend to put up a fight every once in a while, but ultimately cave every time, all the time, and twice on Sunday because that's what they do. They they they're not conservatives. They do not want to conserve the American traditions and values in constitution they don't want to protect it so democrats will pretend that they're okay with them every once in a while in a situation like this they'll try and use that as like a like like they like those the um liberal liberal people in the uh, in the suburbs that have that like one person that they're like friends with on facebook that they went to high school with that happens to be black and and they invite them to a cookout or something and try and show all their other friends that hey see i got a black friend i got a black friend that's whoopie and, and joy there with with Romney and uh, Liz Cheney. See, see, oh, oh, there's a Republican, there's, there's a Republican that I like, but will absolutely trash him when it when it doesn't suit their narrative. So they need it to try to give them the sense of credibility, like they like they do want to work together on both sides. But no, they really don't. They don't whatsoever. And if they keep doing this stuff and they keep saying this nonsense and they keep gaslighting us like this then I'm just going to want to punch somebody in the face one of these days. I'm going to want to punch one of them and do something. <laughs> like, absolutely ridiculous. No wonder our society and culture is at the, at the point we're at right now when that's being being pumped into people's brains five days a week. I can't believe like people actually watch that. Or people might actually take... What they have to say seriously. Well, we here on the Right and Wrong Show certainly don't. So, Whoopi Goldberg, your fellow hens on The View, you, my friends, have earned yourself one big, fat classic. Come on, man. And that's the show for today. Thank you for joining us. Um, just like to say one more time that this was not a very fun show to do, but we, we felt it necessary to spend all of our time and attention on the horrible... Tragedy that took place last week. To all those families out there, to the community, um, and, and to anybody that is having a tough time with this, we feel you. We hear you. We're feeling the same way. Hopefully, things will start to get better. Hopefully, we'll stop being able to turn this around. But I'm telling you, we need to encourage that return to family. We need to get people back into churches. We need to encourage religion that stuff helps people that are into that aren't going to go off the deep end like this kid so please if if you're someone who's on the fence and, and you've ever been considering now's the perfect time to start going back please please do and and try and bring a friend or family member with you okay and i'll get off my soapbox now and wrap things up here on the right and wrong show Because I got nothing else for you except... Thanks for having me. The Right and Wrong Show is produced by Juice. Executive producer, Juice. Audio mixer is Juice. Hair by Skull Shavers. Wardrobe and makeup by Ashley Ruka. Right and Wrong Song created by Juice. The Right and Wrong Show is copyright 2022 from Brian Ruka.